Welcome friends, I am so grateful you are joining us today for Homespun, where we discover the, all the magic that comes from refocusing our lives around the home. I'm your host Catherine Garland, a wife, a mama, and a lover of all things homemaking, who is passionate about creating a dream life of safety and joy for my four incredible children. I cannot wait to share today's conversation with you. Let's get into it. Hello friends and welcome back. Today I had the most interesting conversation with a beautiful, loving mom of three. She is a single mom, Tanisha Garfield. She is the essence of making her family her home. Her home is her children and she has built a life around that. She's a determined individual who's experienced significant personal journey. She's a single parent of three and often on she took on the responsibility of homes educating them. And she was on a path to self-discovery and of education all through that. She's had a lot of life experiences, including a divorce that really shaped her view on life and drove her to become an entrepreneur and work for herself. And she is currently an entrepreneur and she has been on one heck of a spiritual journey and has had many trials in her life. And her love comes out so deeply in this conversation. And I hope that you can feel that as much as I did while I was talking to her. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Tanisha. I'm so grateful that you're here with me today, especially because it sounds like you may not have had the most sleep last night. You worked at, you worked all night last night, right? So yes. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really grateful you made the time to be here with me in spite of possibly not having enough sleep. So I know life is very full, especially when you're on shift work. I've never done shift work, but my spouse has, so... Yeah, I know what that life can be like. <laughs> so um, I just would really like to hear a little bit about your journey. You seem like you've had a lot of a lot of fullness in your life in a lot of probably good and bad ways, as we all have. But your life sounds like it's been really full. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey and how all roads kind of always led you back back home again to, to home being so important to you. Well, um, Man, I don't know where to start. That's the, <laughs> it's like you said, it's so much. It's, and when people ask me that question, I don't, where do, where do I start? Because, uh, you know, I don't want to give you a whole book. Like, I look at people, I'm like, hmm, do you want the long or short story? Um, but to put it simple, I am a single parent of three. Um, of course, that wasn't my plan, but that's the way it ended. And I'm okay with that. I think um, uh, on this journey, I learned a lot about myself. So it was something I, I learned to learn the best, you know, learn my lessons from. I, I've, uh, my three kids, I've homeschooled off and on. Um, and <laughs> even without the support, mm. but uh, throughout the, the journey, I think it's been something that I can look back on and not really focus on the negative because I can see all the positives out of it. My kids are wonderful people. And um, it took a lot for me to believe that, you know, because you always, well, I always worry, oh, am I doing the right thing? Did I raise them the right way? But I just, I, once I stopped looking to other people for guidance, looking to other books and, you know, what everyone else says child rearing should be, I, I think that's when it, it became easier for me to just enjoy being a mother, enjoy having a family, and then enjoy the process of raising them to be beautiful people. I love that you so said that. So in the midst of all that, I was able, oh, beautiful people. 
I know I just, I love that you said all of that about letting yeah. go of other people because other people's perceptions because so so often like especially in this day and age we we just we read all the parenting books and we listen to all I don't know the parenting podcasts and read the parenting blogs and you just get inundated with all the shoulds you should do this and you shouldn't do that right. and you have to do this and you have right. can't do that and it just becomes so overwhelming it feels like you literally can't do anything right which is not true very not true I it just for me it just got to a point where I was so depressed because I was doing everything wrong I just regardless of what I tried to do well you should have stayed with your husband okay but that situation was not healthy for me or the kids okay well then you, you should you should work this job and that job well apparently my body doesn't like to work for certain people or do for do certain <laughs> things and that's why um I had to just come to the realization that I just have to work harder for myself so um, the business that I have now is not even my first business. It's my second business. The first one um, was based off the degree uh, and the talent that I had, which was music. Um, hmm. I'm classically trained. I didn't so know I've that. So I've gone to college and got a, yeah, <laughs> I've got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, both in music. And I'm vocally classically, classically trained. So I started my own music business uh, just to kind of help provide for my kids. Well, COVID hit. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> The thing that um, changed everything. And I it was all me and my children because it helped us to look deeper within ourselves, not just me, but my my kids too. And um I think that is when they started to become okay this is really happening. Like she's a single parent and you know this is what she's providing for us. Well my oldest I think he always saw it. My oldest is is is, uh, is my son, and he always saw it. You know, uh, some people would say, "Oh, he's a mama's boy," but he's not a mama's boy because he still can take care of himself and the family. So he depends on me, but he doesn't depend on me like some people would consider a mama's boy. Right. Um, but I think in that in the midst of all that, okay, this is a simple story short. I think for them they got to see me in a different light. And my my son said to me one day, he uh, had this jewelry he got for Christmas, some rings. And he had, uh, each ring was a different design. And the design he picked for me was like a feather. And, um, oh, it just left my mind. The feather from a, a phoenix. Hmm. And he said, this one reminds me of you. This is the ring that, that uh, resembles or signifies, um, what's the word? Um, anyway, reminds him of me. And I said, well, why the feather? He said, because of the phoenix. And I said, well, why the phoenix? He said, because you've been through so much and you still wake up and you smile and you help and you entertain people and you're always there for people. And I looked at him and I thought, wow. What a beautiful gift. My children do. Right. They do see what, you know, we do as parents, whether they express it in that way or not. But for him to be able to say, Mm, you did A, B, or C, but you still get up and you smile and you help you. And I thought, okay, so that was like proof for me. My kids do see what I do. My yeah. kids do see how hard I work. So that made me guess what? It made me work harder. It's like, okay, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. But then it got to a point where um, my kids were like, okay, mom, we see that you're sick. You, you, you've been sleeping for like two days. So um, we, mean, we need you to slow down a little. We know that you want to help us, but we need you to slow down. So while I, I'm, they drive me, but they also remind me, hey, remember to take care of yourself. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that too. So that's such a beautiful thing. I don't know thing. if I answered your question. <laughs> oh, it, but no, it doesn't even matter because you gave us so much goodness. There. It's such a beautiful thing that like, you've got this beautiful balance in your home 
where you really are looking out for each other, which really is what what home should be. You know, you're, you can't you can't just be the only caregiver, especially as a single parent. I'm sure that there's that, probably a lot more pressure on you to to be that. But I mean, you can't you can only do so much because you're still only human. And your kids have really seen how much you've given them. And they've they've kind of they've, they've adjusted and adapted to to make it a bit bit more symbiotic, let's say. So how beautiful is that? Yes. Yeah, that's so magical. I I can't even put that into words. Yeah. So that saying that children are resilient um, is so true. And I think if we as adults would take the time to, um, I think part of the reason why we as adults don't see that in our children is because of how we were raised or what was ingrained in us to understand growing up. And so when we get to a point where... um, we wake up to what truly is for ourselves, it makes it easier to see that. Mm -hmm. So for example, the books and the instructions and the counselors and the therapists there, you know, they have all this instruction. This is how you should raise a child. You shouldn't hit your child. You shouldn't put your child in timeout. You should do this. Oh man, the roller coasters that I went through, I, I used to, I used to spank my kids. Oh, Oh, put them in timeout. Oh, you know, oh, there, there's this because I didn't do this, or there's this because I did do this. That can make a person go crazy yes. if they depend on that to survive. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say one of the eye openers for me was I talked to what oh <laughs> I I spoke to a friend and I he was telling me how he he envied the relationship I have with my kids. And I was like, yeah. You know, they talk to me about anything. He said, he said, I envy that. And I was like, yeah, but sometimes he said, yeah, it is. It's a double-edged sword. So, you you know, it's, you have to find that balance. Like, yeah, your kids will come and talk to you about any, everything. But at the same time, you know, you still got to keep the boundary of, okay, I'm not your friend. I'm mm-hmm. your, I'm your mother. I still expect you to be respectful, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes I think, uh, maybe I wrote, I raised them to be a little too headstrong. <laughs> Mom, know, you know, it, it might feel headstrong. It might feel it might feel heavy that headstrongness is you're the parent. It's that whole thing where you're like, listen to to me, but you know, make sure you make your mark everywhere else, right? So like you, you did the right thing. Yeah. It's it's hard to parent a headstrong child, but it's what we want them to be. Yeah, we do. And right? so one day they say, Well, mom, look, you said this and this and this, and this is what I want. And you you said you want me to respect it, but this is what I want. So how is that me, you respecting me if you want me to do this? Because I don't feel like it's respecting me. Wait, what? <laughs> My, mine are too young to be at that, that stage yet, but I feel like it's coming and I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so it's like, how do you answer that question when they're telling you they don't feel like you're being respectful to them because of what you're asking them to do that's respectful to you? Like it's, it's a difference in opinions. So it's like those those are the times that it comes with a double-edged sword and sword. And I'm just oh, the only way I know to explain it to them is, well, I understand that um that you you don't agree with what I'm saying you have to do, but if it's not killing you, it's not hurting you, it is it's not causing you any physical, emotional harm. Well, how do you know it's not causing me emotional harm? Good God, why did I have to raise such <laughs> brilliant <laughs> children? But um <laughs> yes. But I, I tell them I said, well, you know. Until you're really out on your own, like I, I, I try to explain to them, 
this is what I'm teaching you based off my experience. And I understand that today is, is such a different environment than what we grew, it, grew up in that I feel like sometimes I'm learning with them. And I think that's okay. I think as parents, we need to be okay with that. Absolutely. We don't know everything. We won't know everything. I always say, if you know everything, then why are you here on this earth? Why are you here right now? If you know everything that there is to know. So I, I try to be humble sometimes to say, okay, I don't know. Or yes, I did get that wrong. I apologize for, you know, losing my screws and just kind of, you know, uh, but I'm, I, I got it together and I try to correct those mistakes. <clears throat> but I let them know that even though they understand how they feel, there are still things that they, they can't see and they don't understand in the real world or as an adult. And so, you know, while I, I tell them, I say, I try to respect how you feel or what you want to do, but just be mindful that I still have more experience than you. So there's some things that even if I'm wrong, that you may not understand because you haven't reached that, that level yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So oh. my oldest is, he's like, he says, okay, I get it now. I don't like adulting. <laughs> Yeah. My youngest, yeah. my youngest regularly tells me she doesn't want to be a parent. And it's just because she says it, because it looks too hard. I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know how to take that. Do I make it look that hard? <laughs> but I, I don't think that's quite what she means, but you know, <laughs> I would like to ask yeah. you though. You... I, I used to be offended when my girls were done. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think we have a bit of a time lag all of a sudden. So yeah, uh, but I was just going to ask you. You you sound like you've you've got this really great relationship with your kids, like you've said, and I know that you've said you've homeschooled off and on. I'm wondering if you feel like homeschooling them, it it, it did it enhance your relationship with them at all? And like, what ages did you homeschool? Because it wasn't it wasn't consistent, I believe, right? Yeah, no, it wasn't consistent because um, I I was married into the uh, to a military um men and so um it really didn't start it was always in my heart uh, uh, to do it but uh, like I said because the support wasn't there I didn't just do it hmm. and um I first started homeschooling I think when my son was in the my oldest was in the second grade and <clears throat> he was diagnosed to have ADHD and so um after dealing with the schools and uh we were in Germany at the time. So that's the first time I started homeschooling. And uh, it was because I started because his teacher, um, it was a small school in Germany, is American for the military. Um, mm -hmm. But the teacher, even though she was, he tested, uh, he tested for tag and he made it, but because of his att attention span, they wouldn't allow him to do the tag classes. And so they gave the assignments for him to do to the teacher, but she never gave it to him. But she would mm -hmm. always report how, you know, he did this or, I mean, we were going to the extent of having a daily journal that she would have to sign to say he got these many smiley faces. If he did so many things that he would get a reward. <clears throat> and it was until the teacher conference um, by the end of the first semester that she was like, well, he's not doing this. And I'm like, but here in the journal, you wrote this and this and this, and his grades are great. And she's like, yeah, well, and I finally told the principal, I just, I felt intuitively and I felt in my heart that I needed to let him know if you can't change it to the teacher who actually was teaching um, second and third grade together, which was better for my child because he was above level, which made mm -hmm. it harder for him to sit still. Mm -hmm. um, but 
explain to the principal, uh, well, I understand your class is a fool, but if you can't find a way to put them in a class with the teacher who does do both levels, then we're going to have to withdraw because I, I didn't want my, my child to be discouraged because a teacher couldn't handle um, his brilliance. That's the best way I know to put it. Um, and so the principal basically told me, well, um, if you feel like that's better, you know, I basically was just like, whatever. Um, if you feel like that's better then you know, if you, you feel like you could do better or, you know, go right ahead. I said, oh, okay. And I <laughs> okay. My uh, ex-husband was deployed. He was deployed and I was in graduate school. So I kind of took on a lot at one time. <laughs> that is but a busy house right there. Homeschooling helped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until my friends came knocking on my door and they was like, ah, we got a babysitter for you and we're just going to take you to dinner. Just yeah, give you a break. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, once I started doing that and I homeschooled all three of them together, I saw how that, that brought them closer together. And it gave us more time to just, it to me, in my mind, it took us back to how education was before it became corp uh, corporate or um, I can't even think of the right word to use. But anyway, um, it just reminded me of the, um, lack of a better word, olden times right. when education wasn't the priority, but just like an additive of, okay, let's teach you this. And where education was, they learned about different skills and ways to live. I feel like the education system is, well, it's good, <clears throat> is lacking nowadays. So when uh, whenever I homeschooled, I taught them cursive. I taught them some of the stuff that I felt was mm -hmm. the basics of living. Like if you notice nowadays, signatures aren't cursive writing. It's, you know, you just write whatever. Yeah. When they, when they do go back to school and they're already writing cursive and everything, and the teacher's like, oh, you know how to read and write cursive? And my kids are like, yeah, doesn't everybody? <laughs> but they're, it wasn't a thing. And so they would go to class and the teacher would say, well, you don't have to write in cursive. And my kids are like, no, I'm, I'm going to write in cursive. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, it's so <clears throat> homeschooling brought my kids closer together. It gave us more time to be together and it gave us time, you know, to, for them to learn in an environment where it didn't feel like, oh, you have to do A, B, or C. You have to do this many problems and you have to learn it by this time and then be quizzed on all of that. And, you know, mm -hmm. make sure your scores are high because then the schools, the school's ratings, you know, are dependent upon the school's scores and so on and so forth. They just got to enjoy. They got to, I, I taught each of them to to start cooking at five, but I didn't do it in a way it's like, this is how you do it. So my youngest, her first experiment of experimenting of cooking, being creative was she made, and she's probably going to be mad at me. I'm telling you this. <laughs> she <laughs> made wanna... strawberry soup. Oh, was it like a dessert soup or did she make it savory? No, it was the she she thought of all the things that you know she thought would be good with it, and of course the main dish was the strawberry, and then she added some onions and some other stuff, and I let her go through the process, even though in my mind I was going, oh, <laughs> strawberry soup, okay, and we all took the time to support her, and she brought the soup to the table, and we sat down, and we all had our little bowls, and she took the first taste. And we all took it together, but she took the first taste and she took that sip and she said, mm-mm, mommy, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but you gave her the space to try. And so she's like, it's not good. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So oh, just those amazing. kind of things, you don't get that in that school. No. <clears throat> you don't get those experiences in school and you don't get those experiences as a family very often either. So no, that's, I, that's, I just felt like those, those are kind of things that are important. Absolutely. That's just it. Like bringing, bringing the focus back home is it, it, it it gives the space to have those magical moments of strawberry soup, even though the soup may not have been <laughs> the best soup ever. It was still, it was, but I mean, I, all the things she probably learned that day that mm-hmm. she maybe even took for granted as not really learning much, but she, she learned so much, even just a simple lesson of, well, not everything I'm going to do is going to turn out perfectly. And that's okay. Right. Right. And you all supporting right. her through that. I think yeah. That's I think well, that's the beautiful thing about homeschooling. Exactly. And now did you, so you, you pulled your children out of school for the first time while you, your husband was deployed and while you were working on a degree and you've also like changed gears and you've become an entrepreneur and you've, you've done all of this. It sounds like while being fully present, like while being a very present mom and making like building this beautiful home for your family. So how how did you do that and how did you know that you wanted to do all of those things simultaneously not like like how did you know that you could you you wanted to do it all at the same time you know build this beautiful home life but also and then add in more and more (laughs) I think I've always the way my mother raised me was to just love on your she loved on us so much even though she was struggling she was a single parent herself and I watched her struggle. I watched her struggle through jobs. She got hurt at some of her jobs. And then she finally said, okay, that's enough. And she went to nursing school. <clears throat> and once she went to nursing school, it things became a little bit more um, uh, solid for her. It wasn't ups and downs. And I've seen her go through different relationships and just the hardships I saw her go through. But she never made she never made me feel like I was a problem to her or I was a burden to her. She always took the time to, to love on us. And me now as an adult, when I get home and I'm tired, and sometimes I think about how when my mother got off work, she would surprise us. She'd be like, pick us up. Hey, get up, get your swimsuit. Da, 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 da. And she would just go to the store, buy some hot dogs and some sandwich food and some sodas and uh, fill the ice chest. And she was just, I know she was tired, especially now as an adult, I can look back and, as, as an adult and understand but she took us to the lake to make sure she spent time with us and took us out. And those, even though it was hard for, hard for me and uh, my, my sister, it was, those are the times that I focus on. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I, I learned from. And because I remember that I, I wanted that same, I wanted my kids to have that same kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so even as a 20 something year old, and when I go visit my mom, she always tell me, come sit in my lap. I'm like, mom, I'm a grown woman. You still my baby. You still my baby. <laughs> so I wanted my kids to have that same kind of feeling. And I think that is what, that was one of the, um, the fuels that kept me going. Ooh. That was, um, that was one of the things that helped me to keep going. Cause I can remember how my mom made me feel. And I wanted to give that to my kids as well. My children were my motivators and being able to give them, even though sometimes I used to beat myself up because I felt like they had a better life when I was with my ex-husband, as far as being able to do things for them, them participating in programs. Um, I don't want what I'm saying to sound like, oh, it was, no, it's been a struggle. 
struggle. But in that struggle, um, I've tried to make sure they knew that I love them and that I'm providing for them and um, that <clears throat> they would be okay. Hmm. Have all the things that they had before. They know that they are loved and they understand what the necessities are that they need. They don't focus while they're, they're, they're children, they're human. They want some of the electronics and so on and so forth. Um, but it's not, they're going to die if they, if they don't have it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Um, but I wanted them to understand what it was to be alive and not necessarily focus on the material things being something that they have to have to live. And I wanted them to know that regardless of who they are, what they do, while I might not always agree with what they believe in or what they do, they know that regardless of where they are or what they're doing, they can always come back, come back to me that, that I'm here for them. And mm-hmm. I feel like with any child, if they know they have that kind of support, that's the best thing that they can they could ever receive over anything to know that they have that support and love behind them. Amazing. Yeah. And I feel like that leads really well into this because you've said that you shed expectations on a spiritual journey. I assume you're meaning societal expectations of how life is supposed to look and how life is supposed to be and all the shoulds we talked about before, all the things you should and shouldn't do. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what about those expectations, the societal expectations specifically didn't align with your beliefs and what you worked, what you worked on to shed them, like how, how that process was for you. Um, to, to shed the beliefs first, I had to acknowledge, okay, that <laughs> not everything everyone's saying is what it's supposed to be. I had to, I had to let go of that first, and then I had to be okay with the fact that I acknowledged it so late in life. Like I didn't want my kids to go, oh, you're just being, you know, you don't know what you want. I didn't want them to lose hope or faith in me because I did switch. So um, I was very um, trans transparent with my kids. As I started my my spiritual journey, um, I went from being a church goer, like church all the time, Bible says this, you know, no, we can't do that because it's against God. I was very heavily at the church, but then when I started seeing conflicts of what I felt in my heart that spirit was telling me and conflicts of what was going on in the church, I, I started to slow down on that. And it wasn't mm. until I was in church uh, one Sunday, and this is as I am the uh, music music director, music ministry director for a church, that my kids started asking me questions about the Bible and, you know, but what about this? And when I realized I couldn't answer it and um, my middle daughter had asked me something specific, I can't even remember the question that she asked. I just remember the feeling I felt. It was like I was looking in a time, I got on, I was in a time machine and taken back to the exact moment I asked my mother that very same question that I was like, oh, Wow. So for me, it was, okay, you're going through this process and you're doing with your children what your mother did with you and you feel conflicted right now. So how are you going to handle that situation? So mm-hmm. I was transparent with them. And when I came out, came out as <laughs> some people I say, when I woke up or came out and expressed how I felt and what, I, what I'm able to do as a psychic medium and um, <clears throat> becoming a Reiki practitioner and everything, it conflicted with the church values. So I, I stepped down. They were very, very kind about it. They were still supportive. They were like coming, you know, we have all kinds of people that come to church regardless of what their beliefs are. Um, 
I stepped down from my position. And it was that moment that I, I realized, okay, how does this look to my kids? What do they have? And I sat down, and I was like, do y'all have any questions? Like, what do y'all think is happening with me right now? So I was very transparent with them in that process. And they were like, well, we're happy for you, but we don't understand. Like, so what are you now? Are you a Christian? Are you, a, you know, Buddhist? Are you spiritual? What, what are you now? And I just basically said, I'm spiritual. And I explained that, what it means to me, to them. And I think once I'm able, once I was able to do that with them, it clicked for them as well. So like my son at the age of seven or nine, he looks at me, he goes, mom, I think I'm a prophet. And, you know, he has the gifts, but he was able to recognize that. So um, once I was able to do that, it helped them to understand, I think some of the things that they were experiencing, it helped them to make sense of it. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, so that's what they mean. Okay. That's what, you know, they became more open with it, which I'm grateful for because some of the things I experienced as a child, my mother was gifted, but I don't think she was raised to accept that. So right. she would just kind of, you know, push it to the side or, you know, so I would do things and she's like, no, you can't do that. That's dangerous. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because she didn't have the knowledge. She couldn't teach me or be okay with it. And so for me, it was spirit showing me, okay, this is where it needs to change. And I was open to that. And once I opened to that, it helped my children to go, oh, okay so while they're not practicing like i am they're still more open to it they're mm -hmm. still um it helps them to understand some of the things that are going on and they do their own research so spiritually wise <clears throat> i feel like it helped us connect more as beings me mm -hmm. and my children but just as people in general and it helped I feel like it helped the way I was transparent helps them to be okay with what they do and don't know. So they still question things like, well, why this instead of this or, um, but instead of me trying to make them make whatever they feel fit into what I feel like it should be, I say, well, what do you think? Or how do you feel about that? And then I catch my sometime, myself sometimes when they're like, oh, I experienced this and this and this, and I'm thinking this, or I, I felt this. I catch myself sometimes going, oh, that's because of this, this, and this, you know, oh, well, you know, you might be seeing spirits or you might be, and they'll just kind of look at me and I go, okay, that is just my thought. And I recognize I, I push on them. I say, okay, that's just how I feel, but you have to go with what you feel. I try to remember to remind them to follow their intuition. Mm, beautiful. Uh, I have one last question that I like to ask everybody that I'm going to ask you. And it's just simply when I say the word home, what does it call to mind for you? My children. <laughs> That's I would not I, hesitate to answer that at all. My children. My that was children. the that was very much the feeling I got during this is that to you, it's like your kids are your home. Wherever they are, you are like you are home. Yes. 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 Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. I think that's a, a blessing to yes. <laughs> I love that. That's so that's so that's so wonderful. Uh, okay, that's fantastic. And I, you've touched a little bit about um, the spiritual work that you do. And I just would love it if you'd share with everyone how they can get in touch with you and find you. Oh, I have a website, um, monarchhealingllc.com. I'm also on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. 
I have a YouTube page, but I haven't built it yet. I'm slowly building that one, but I'm mostly on TikTok and Facebook. Okay. I will get and, those. Uh, the, it's the same name for uh, the social media. It's just, it has the underscore between each monarch underscore healing underscore LLC. I will get all those for you and I'll link them in the show notes so people can connect with you. And uh, I'm so grateful for this conversation today. I really appreciate all that you had to say and appreciate your time. So thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to. Thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation, my friends. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Join the Facebook community to stay inspired about home-centric living. Check out my tips on creating a home-focused life in the show notes. And if you have any questions for me or today's guest, submit them below and I will do my very best to get them answered. I want everyone to feel inspired to see the power of a strong and secure home life. So please share this episode with someone who came to mind during the conversation. I'll see you next Monday, my friends, because we never miss a Monday around here.